Life's better with American Family Insurance because our home policies help protect your dreams and come with peace of mind. Save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote, find an agent at amfam.com. Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit Amfem.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. Salutations, everybody. It is Maddie here today with episode 140 of the Ham Radio Podcast. And it's me, Carrick, with ACG, and we're at 140. 140, yes. Damn. You guys are so good at that, man. <laughs> Yeah, and uh, this time it's just you and I, yep. no loan. He's with the fiance, so uh, married men already bailing out on us. <laughs> you know, things just change, right? We're, we're old news right away. Yeah, exactly. But, uh, no loan this week, so uh, that means more time for Carrick and I to run our mouth. As always, the links down below will bring you to our mobile listening section where you can listen on the go, whether you're an iPhone user or an Android user. And on top of that, if you consider supporting the Patreon, you get early access to the podcast. And also, if you're a part of that dollar patron donation, you can also have a chance to become a guest here on the show. Now, let's dive right into the biggest news of this week, the biggest meme, I should really say, for a lot of people, Nintendo Labo. So this newly announced project by Nintendo is, from what I gathered from the, I only watched the trailer they announced it with, is a piece of cardboard that you can form into stuff and then essentially interact with that cardboard and the game feeds off that. Yeah. Uh, it's clear that, in my opinion, the target audience for this is kids, um, but people who are around our age are looking at this and going, okay, what about us? What do you think about this in general? Nintendo Labo, do you think it's a good idea? Oh, I, I, I don't know. So that'll be one of the rare times you hear me say that. I, I tease <laughs> it mercilessly, and I will continue to because it makes no sense to me as a product right now. But if it is for kids, um, I don't know of any kids that are of the age that would probably play with that to have their own credit cards. You still have to sell to the parents. And mm-hmm. I think that that might be their issue. Is it, it really is weird that other people are like 4K, HDR, VR, and they're like cardboard bitches, and then they just drop the <laughs> mic, and you're all, well, what about cardboard? Wow. Uh, <laughs> construction paper will be next. Mm-hmm. So it, I don't know. I mean, it could be awesome because they did Roby the Robot, right? With NES days, they had like the robot. Oh, I, I was thinking of like Brain Age on the DS. Brain Age. You, so M- Nintendo's always tried to do these side things, and you and I both <clears throat> don't want to admit this, but you and I both bitched about the Switch, and we were wrong. So it's like, yes, we could be totally. It could be the next biggest thing, right? I mm-hmm. mean, it's so weird. Yeah, see, I look at it, and I, I think the target audience is is kids. But like you said, yes, kids can't buy it, but. I think the idea is a parent sees it and goes, okay, you know, this would be good for my kid, you know, because some parents don't understand video games. Um, it's true. It's, they, they just think like, oh, it's a violence machine. It, it doesn't produce good thoughts. It doesn't creatively stimulate the person uh, when I think it, it does a lot more than that. But not getting off topic in that department, I think this is something a parent will see and go, okay, so this is – something I can see a real benefit that only a game could do. Like the, the fishing thing, you bi- build the pole, you lodge the switch in there, and then you like reel it in. I think that type of stuff, while it's very tacky, it's, it's very gimmicky, 
very Nintendo. I think it's cool uh, in a way. I, I think it's good. I I, I chalk, chalk this down as a good thing. It's not for me, although I I will admit I want to try it. <laughs> but it's it's definitely not for me. But I I think it's good for uh, kids, you know, of a younger age because like I, like I just mentioned earlier, like brain age. That's something when I got my DS, my parents got me, and at first I was like, what the fuck is this? Like I'm trying to play a game, man. And I played it, and I was like, this is fun. This is a game, but I'm learning. And, you know, those are the types of games that we don't see often because we get wrapped up in the storytelling, the gameplay, and all that stuff, and we forget games can be educational, too. It just, it it is very high-priced for a kid's thing. 70 bucks, 90 oh, bucks boy. in the UK, or, or at least that's what the guys on the podcast were saying. That it's, it's, it's a good premium for just some cardboard. And then mm. if you add on the fact that the real question is, is what what is Nintendo going to spend for the developers? So I don't care if they want to ship me just a piece of cardboard. If they are having developers make fucking Donkey Kong and amazing titles for it, fine. But what I saw was a bunch of mini games. I saw HD rumble all over again. I saw these things that it's like, look at us. But there wasn't any there wasn't a lot of substance to it. It was a typical Nintendo sort of selling nostalgia and selling, hey, go play with your kids in this cardboard game. And it's like, I get that because as a parent, I bet you, like you said, it, it, it br- bridges. You know, it's like, oh, now I sort of understand games and my kid and I can play. Skylanders tried to do it with toys and did it well for a while. And so, whoops, so did Lego. But at the same time, wh- like, what money are they going to spend? That's the real question. Is a Donkey Kong or a Mario going to be made on it? And if not, is it just going to be fishing mini times? Okay. Does that make no, sense? That's true. Yeah, no, I, okay, I see what you're saying now. That's definitely a, a good way to expand it because it could be used not only as a way to teach, but they could expand on the IPs and, and keep those Marios, those Donkey Kongs, the, the titles that we Damn grew it. up with. Continue uh, talking. I can hear. Oh, of course. <laughs> I could keep going on this one. But yeah, I think it's good because it can keep those IPs alive. I think that's what Carrick was getting at, ladies and gentlemen, uh, is that, you know, often these IPs that we, we grew up with can, can get lost. And while I think we think now, no way Nintendo falls out and, and we forget about these ones. Uh, but crazier things have happened where I think it'd be a good way to introduce kids to those types of things. Like Mario teaching you, I'll say hypothetically how to count because you know, he collects coins or something like that. So you could do something along those lines. Obviously Nintendo, you can see they're the ones why they make the games. Cause I don't make games. I don't have a creative idea in mind right off the bat like that. But I think that's what Carrick was getting at, where, like, what about those IP and, and actually making it in a game where uh, an adult or a kid could actually get involved? That is what I, yeah, that is what I meant. Just like, you know, like Frogger, Sega, old Sega stuff. Frogger was Atari. But, um, it, like, what is it going to be the mini stuff, like you said? And it, and we don't know, because, like you said, you're not a developer, either am I. So it's like we, we're not 100 percent sure. <laughs> but they didn't do a good job of telling me they were sure. Hmm. And I think that that's where my question is, is like, I'm really tired lately, though, dude. I, I talked about this a couple times. I'm just a little tired of PR saying, here's something. But it's it's not fleshed out. It's not. Mm. It, it's just here's get excited, please. Like Ridge Racer. <laughs> and that Bob, that scares me a little bit. I do, I'm I'd like to see a little bit more substance in some of these. Uh, what do you think is uh, is not flushed out? Are you talking about the, the idea games. that there isn't IPs? Okay. Yeah, I would. I would think... really like to see them. Wouldn't it be nice if maybe they said, "Here's ten titles." I mean, mm. because it's a, yeah. a price premium, it's a new thing, and even with the Switch, they sold it. 
you know, and they had like these, this was a little bit more, it almost felt a little bit more haphazard in how they announced it, I guess would be the easiest way to say it. I guess, yeah, I, I can see what you mean. Cause it was less about the, the games on there, more about the ideas that they right. had in place for it. So I, I, yeah. Okay. I didn't think of that. I can see what you mean there. Um, did you like yeah, they, the, the did, would you do the fishing one? Like, is that something, or would you, ex, I guess my question for you is, would you play it or would you just experiment with it? Experiment. And part of me thinks that's what it's almost designed for is like, it's an expensive okay, I, I imagine if I'm, I'm a parent and a kid, you build the piano thing. It's like, okay, this is a piano. Then right. you experiment. Cause uh, someone asked about it on Twitter, I think it was Brian Altano and the person who worked at Nintendo responded and said like, you'll be surprised. And of course they're trying to sell a product. So you don't believe it completely at face value, but he was like, you'll be surprised what you can do with the piano. And while that's silly to read in a sentence, it makes you think like, okay, so what songs can someone make on the Nintendo Labo? Is this going to be a bridge for a, a child to play the piano and go, Hey, I like music a lot. So that's, that's what I see in it um, is the idea. And I think that's what, for what they're targeting, I, I think that's almost what they needed was to sell it as an idea to an adult uh, who has a kid, maybe, rather than selling the games. Because then that that person's already shut off to the games or mm, not well, really that true. open to it. So sell them the idea of like, hey, you know, this is they show building first and then they show the switch. It's like, OK, so this is this cool idea that ties into video games. Also, um, I, I got to ask you, did you the the interactions I saw? Um, some of them were impossible. Uh, what I mean is some of them, the Switch doesn't have the ability to track what they were showing it tracking. So what I'm a little okay. nervous about, too, is that what we saw was a little bit higher level than what is possible, if that makes sense, mm. like technologically yeah, they, with like, the Switch. Sold, yeah. yeah, they were like selling an idea of like, it's VR. Know, imagine <laughs> imagine if you could do this, but you really can't. Right, and right. Mm. So I think it's awesome. It's just, well, I think it could be awesome. It's just right now, the reason why I think so many people are teasing it is because it just seems so it's like it's like they discovered cardboard and are really excited about it. And you're all dude, yeah. cats knew about cardboard for fucking hunt centuries. So <laughs> I don't know why you just figured it out. Um, so yeah. that's that's the thing to me is there was that disconnect there. But mm -hmm. I, I just I've always found the tie between education and gaming really fascinating and almost exciting because yeah. I've always my, like my friends and I would always joke and say, imagine if you could go to school for five minutes you know, they put a little tube on your head, the, the info goes in there and you leave. You right. Know, it's all, and so that was the joke. And when you see stuff like uh, the Assassin's Creed virtual tourism, sure. um, the Labo, there was one that came out, LVR, in some way being a, a tool that, while it's not necessarily gaming only, it's still a little bit of a tie in there. Um, you know, used to teach people. I always find that really cool. So for me, I, I like seeing a big company expand upon that. And if anything, put it in the limelight where maybe it, it performs well for what it's supposed to be targeting. And because of that, we see a little bit more of that. Um, I certainly wouldn't be against that. Also, maybe the reason they're hyped about cardboard is that's a, that's a good money saver. That's a good cost yeah, cutter. Yeah, right. Car cardboard is certainly fucking cheap and plentiful. <laughs> so, you know, why it, not? It, it, it was definitely one of those times when, you know, there, how many times has this happened though? I think they're the only company that we have always, whether it's you, you, me, and Lone, or you and me on Twitter, or uh, any of us always like laughing about Nintendo, because some of the <laughs> things that they do, you're just like, what? Virtual like, Boy. How'd you, <laughs> how'd you pitch this idea? Yeah, yeah. Imagine the 
conference, you know, where you're in a conference room and everybody's like, I got an idea, dude. Here's a box. And they're like, yeah, it's a refrigerator <laughs> box. It's mine. Why'd you steal it from my house? Well, because I have an idea. I'm we'll cut make it up. into an airplane with my switch and, and throw it. <laughs> and you're like, no, Jesus, that's a $200 system. So, yeah, I, I mean, and, and the thing is, is it could be awesome. It, it could also somebody came up with an awesome idea and, and was telling me, like, could you do something where, like, you put a you built like Mario, let's say uh, not Mario. I'm sorry. The the yeah, Mario Kart. Could you like build a a toy racer and put your Joy-Con mm. in it? And can you do something with your Joy-Con? And can you build tracks by just doing this with your? Uh, you and I will probably come up with thousands of ideas they'll never be able to make. But something like that did enter. I was like, okay, that see, would. What, what what gets me scared of that is then we're gonna see Labo expansions like the Mario Kart Labo extension. You build a steering wheel. You put your you put your Joy-Con in there, and it's like okay, but like that's ten dollars. We'll say, <laughs> yeah. And, and I'd say that's a price I can imagine. So yeah, it's like that's a great idea, but then you think like, oh boy, that's a lot of money too, and. That's how they get the parents who are like, oh, this is at least not too bad for my kid. Um, and again, the yeah. the sensing. I just don't – I don't – I watching what I was watching and just seeing little bits of it, I was like some of the sensing that they were supposedly doing just didn't seem possible with the Switch. And so mm-hmm. I was starting to go like, you know, is there an add-on or something? Like even if it's not expensive, is there something you plug into the port on the Wii or on the Switch and it can see things or – I, I, I didn't really understand some of what they were showing. So uh, it, it'll be interesting to see when they, I guess people saw it, right? Like at some, yeah. uh, they showed it, it like physically to people. Yeah. And, and the, like you could only bring they liked kid it. To the event. Yeah. Right. I remember I that. Like, it's okay. like molesters, please do not come. <laughs> you got to bring your own child. So yeah, it's interesting. So, what, uh, what do you think about the price? 70, 70 seems, I don't know. It's definitely high. I, I'd say, like when I first saw that, before I even heard the price, I was like thirty, forty. Right. Like that's that's the range I was in, and then I heard seventy. I was like, oh, so there better be a lot of mini games and a lot of things you can build, or that's I, I don't see that going too well. Yeah, I don't. I think I read, and you might know this, but didn't did they also say that there will be a non cardboard version, so you can get the game and then they'll give you the design and you can make your you can use your own cardboard, which would make total sense but it, it and and that would be cheaper if that's true um and they did have two versions like here's the cutouts right mm. and and the game and here's just the game with a di- with the a piece of paper with the cutouts um but again like do you want your kids running around with scissors like i don't know it's just there's so many little, little caveats there that, that yeah. could, be, could be fun what um would are you gonna buy it like just to test mm. it at least uh we'll see <laughs> I'll, I'll see what else is out at that time and right. i'll see if i'm really still keen on it like like i said i get excited about the educational tools but i don't know if it's out not out yet or not but uh like for example i never tried that assassin's creed virtual tour thing like i just think it's very cool so gotcha. it's like all bark no bite over here <laughs> what about you are, are you gonna try this out at all i would say i'm the same i don't know i i okay. i mean i may re it depends. Like, are they games that you could review? And would you need a child to? It, it, it's just it is really different. And would you need a child to review? Well, hey, exactly. Kid? Exactly. That's channel. creepy as fuck. If a bearded <laughs> dude shows up at your house and is like, "Hey, man, <laughs> I got this <laughs> Nintendo game. Can I borrow your kid?" <laughs> fuck no, I'm calling the cops. So <laughs> it, it's like, yeah, how do you do it? And um, I'm interested in it, but again, just like what they do, because where you see the education side. 
and I, I now see that because one of the most exciting things for me is I think it's February 20th when the origins or maybe it's tomorrow actually when the origins patch gets done with the virtual tour. So I get what you mean by that, but it's just, I need to see more. Like I need to see something tangible to go. I sort of see where they're going. Cause right now I'm a little confused. It's not Lego, right? It's not Skylanders. It's not, um, Amiibo. It's like this, weird thing and i just it, it's a little nebulous right now until i see something and yeah, it imagine a, it's not really tied to a, a brand per se it's its own thing if if they did the cardboard cutouts right you could make a little like you know like a little kirby or a little donkey kong out of cardboard something like that could be worth something you know somebody that that could actually be pretty cool mm-hmm. but then once you made it like would you just fucking duct tape a Joy-Con on there? Like, how's it going to sense that again is, yeah. is my question. So That's just the technical me sort of trying to well, figure it the out. The only thing I don't get is, like, I saw the piano. When you, like, press the key, the, the switch picked it up. I'm like, how? how? Because it's a piece of cardboard, and you're pressing down on it, and it's like, okay, but but there is this is just cardboard. Right. And, like, that's one of those things I saw, and I was like, is that one of their, we're selling the idea, right? but not something you could actually do? Yeah, it's it's Nintendo, man. It's <laughs> just when we think, just when we're like, okay, Switch is good. Mm. We okay, their weird idea is good. They're like, yeah. no, we have a weirder one, dude. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> cardboard. <laughs> so the Nintendo Labo, seventy bucks. We'd love to hear your thoughts on this. And now, let's shift over to the complete opposite side of the spectrum with Dark Souls. So you and I, uh, we were we were off last week. And um, we have this big Nintendo Direct. Lots of games get announced, but the I think the one that stood out the most was well for me personally it was the World Ends with the World Ends with You final remix. But besides mm. that, uh, Dark Souls Remaster. So it's Dark Souls One. It's finally coming back. A lot of people have been asking for it. Uh, it's coming to PS4, Xbox One, PC which PC desperately needed a, a fixed version of that. Yeah, and it's coming to the Switch. But you picked up on a, a detail I actually had not heard that day, and that was that it's going to be on Dark Souls 3's engine. Yeah, and I, I did email and actually ask a couple people if they had heard anything further on that. And th- it did come out that, yes, it'll be on the third engine. It will not, though, change the physics or the animations. So they will mm. – So which is what – that was my big thing, like not yeah. because I would care, but because tr- purists would be like, you know, it's not the it's same not game. The same. It's and like Crash. It, exact same game. Perfect example, because Crash did not turn out great for a lot of people. So, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, I, I mean, it's exciting to see it on the Switch. And now I don't take almost anything for granted on the Switch because of Skyrim, I, because yeah. I, I just did not think that would turn out to be my favorite version, and it is. So Dark Souls on the go, you know, on the pooper. It'd be cool. See, that's what I'm excited for. I I heard all the versions, and I'm, like, torn between, all right, PS4, traditional, bring myself back to... Because Dark Souls, for me, is like a... a Like, you ever have a game that resurfaces a memory of, like, a time where I was like, oh, yeah, like, that was was good. Uh, For me, this part wasn't good. I had appendicitis. I got surgery. And uh, afterwards, I, I had to stay home for two weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, the doctor like gave me a note. He's like, you got to stay in bed, relax, recover. Because I had fucking stitches all over on the left side of my body. And like it hurt to sit up or move. 
So I was like, all right, I got to get a new game. So my mom takes me to the store, and I end up buying Dark Souls 1. And that was one of the few games I had picked up because of a Let's Play I watched. Like, I watched, like, ten parts of, I think it was a GameStop or mm-hmm. GameSpot playthrough. Pick this thing up, and naturally I love it. Um, so it's like, do I go on the, the PS4 because, like, you know, bring back those good memories, or do I try a new way of playing it on the Switch? Um, I, I really want to see performance reviews for the Switch because that – that is one bit of concern. I was actually watching older Dark Souls 1 videos I made, and I was like, oh, man, I forgot the camera was pretty bad here. Yeah. I think some people are going to forget uh, some of the problems Dark Souls 1 had. It's still my favorite one, personally, uh, like many others, but I'm it, fucking stoked. Is it? Do I remember this right, that there were issues, though, that you if you pause the game, you could still be attacked? You can't even pause the game in a Souls game. So <clears throat> that... So that does make me question how the Switch will work because that is how the Switch is played. So is somebody like Lone going to have to rush back to a bonfire um, because he's jumping on a train? Oh. Or is he going to – do you see what I'm saying? That could be mm-hmm. – that that really does impact the feel. Is it going to be just a instant refresh status thing where you turn it off, it, you know, it, it freezes it in place – you know, and then you turn it back on and you're good to go. Or have they changed that save system to allow for mobile? Because I don't feel that selling it for mobile and then not understanding mobile has different weaknesses and strengths is a good idea. And that that disturbs me yes. more than anything. It's like, how are they going to because there's an interplay there where you say this is the main reason why I like my switch is because I can take a shit. And then I can turn it off and go over here. If I can't do that. How how do, does Dark Souls really make me want to play on the Switch if if those yeah, things can't be used? So yeah, because like for example, I remember I played First Souls on my 360. If you press right. the home button, you just bring up the home screen. That's the games what it was. in the background, and you could still die. Souls two, yeah. yeah, Souls two. I played it on PS3. Bring up the cross media bar, can still die. So what I'm thinking is, I know on the Switch that when you press the home button. I'm pretty sure that suspends all media and it brings up the home button. But since it's Souls, are they going to work around that and say, like, motherfucker, that game's still running and that guy who was just running at you, he's still coming and he probably just hit you twice now. So you're right. That's a a very good point because if you're, like, waiting for your train, you're in a fight, it's not like you can just, like, back up, lock onto the guy, pause your game, get on the train, get your seat situated and everything, sit down, then unpause. It's like... Yeah, like what can you do at that point? Will they allow you to suspend the game and press that home button? Yeah, it's gonna. It, I mean, it, and I, I, th- I think for a lot of people, it probably won't be the biggest deal. But for me, it is just because again, that's the strength of mobile. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, yeah, because it's that difficulty. If you can pause the game and take exactly. that second to think and go, oh, like you know, I, I've done this before, where like you pause mid boss fight, like. For me, my mom will call me for help. She's like, I need your help right now. Right. I'm in a boss fight. I'm like, fuck, I don't want to stop it. You pause. You, you have that in the back of your head, and you think like, oh, he was just about to do this. What if I did this? It's those extra like few seconds as if you stop time itself, Yeah. and you can work around the enemy. Uh, it, it makes a difference. Um, for me, is that a make or break? Not really. Uh, but I, I've been in that Souls mood for a while now. I've been craving Dark Souls 1. I, I started up a co-op playthrough with my friend for uh, for Bloodborne because him and I like had beat it a bunch of times. We were like, we'd never played this together. Mm-hmm. Um, and I never had a chance to play the Old Hunters DLC. So that's going to be a nice, fresh experience. I'm going to get my ass handed to me there. 
But um, more importantly, I'm really looking forward to it. I'm glad that that new engine change, though, yeah, hopefully from what they're saying, won't provide any issues. Because I know, uh, like you said, Purist, they know the iframes. They know the animations and stuff where, uh, you know, the role in Dark Souls 3, it's a very clean somersault, I noticed, uh, compared to one's more choppy just like tuck your shoulder and roll right um and of course weight plays a factor in the game it's all those little things so i'm I'm really curious to see how it goes especially because i was watching gameplay um and it was during the taurus demon boss fight uh it was actually a, a video i had posted and i was looking at like the background some of like the rays cutting through the cl- clouds and i was thinking like wow this is gonna look really good when it comes back again like I think it's gonna wow some people with with it being uprised. Yeah. It also I think um, it it'll depend. It, it'll depend on how it all works too. Uh, when it comes to like, I'm not a big fan of the Switch and how it really reacts to my inputs. At, mm-hmm. I think fast Twitch games and the way that right Joy Joy-Con feels bothers me a little bit and stuff. So it's like that's one thing I'm nervous about too is like graphically I think they can probably do it and the third one's probably more efficient as an engine than the first one so you know that that'll probably just make it look all the better but I'm actually trying to figure out like you know the timing because it like I'm I'm just not really sold on the switch in handheld mode for some games and I know some people love it um quick twitch games they're fine with it just hasn't really sold me so that's another thing I'm, I'm sort of trying to figure out like will it feel right because i want instant on or not instant but you know what i mean when you're playing yeah. dark souls it's like if i fucking do something i need it to happen yeah absolutely exactly um, when i want you brought the joy con that just popped an issue in my head that is like okay let's say you're you're playing the handheld version i don't think this would be much of an issue if you have the controller hooked up when i think about it but let's say you're playing the handheld version, which I think most Switch users is how they, they pull it out. Um, with that right Joy-Con switching... Actually, you know, it might not be an issue. I was thinking of switching over to the Dodge while mm-hmm. in handheld. Like, you're shifting the the, the um, angle of the screen while you're doing it almost. That might be an issue, too. Because, like, some attacks you can only block. Some attacks you need to roll. Like, yeah, right. towards or away or to the side. Um, and so those are, that might present an issue. What I want to know, this just, holy shit, this just hit me. You remember Blight Town? Yeah, yeah, the FPS. How is, how is that motherfucker going to run on the Switch remastered? <laughs> Frames per minute. Oh my gosh, I just, oh no. Fuck, man. My assumption. That might be, that might be an issue. It, it might be, but my assumption is that, um... Even though three had a sw- the swamp area, I don't know if you remember in three, but I had some yes. FPS issues there too. But I'm assuming it was something to do with like alpha transparencies or, or various different transparency issues, uh, you know, yeah. in Blight Town and the cu- the way they used their different lighting. My hope is is that they know, like we know that it, you know that needs to be fixed because mm. and that's where that's where the remaster part to me actually matters more than almost anything. Is like, yes. do you shore it up? Or I personally believe you should shore it up to the 30 FPS, whatever you want, and then lock it and not have it go below, like in a blight town, if you're going to remake it. Mm-hmm. Some people actually are like, well, that's how it came, so I just want better looking graphics, but I still, you know, like, like I, I've worked around the frame rate stuff. I don't want that stuff switching. I'm like, I don't know what a remaster means to you, but to me, yeah. it, 
you know, you're going with the third engine. You might as well improve blight down because it is it was like nine. It was low FPS, man. Yeah, because I, I was uh, I, I interviewed this past week the project lead for uh, the Fallout the Three Fallout, Fallout yeah. Four mod. I said mod mod, and uh, when I did, we were talking about how okay, you know, you you know Fallout Three is a, a flawed game in some ways, technically especially, and when you encounter that issue, when do you decide to make the change and stuff? So like they might make some adjustments that become more lore friendly, like the types of power armor that are introduced in the game that that are in fallout 4 will they be there and stuff along those lines um and the same thing happens with dark souls is like when you're remastering it when do you make a change that really impacts the game and will that feel right it's like this is a change i think anyone would embrace just like in that mod i think anyone would embrace a proper lore change that makes sense in the universe Mm -hmm. i think any souls player would say yeah can the frame rate be better let's take that right that doesn't diminish the traditional value the the aesthetics the uh the nostalgia that the game is going to offer people i think it'll only enhance it when they go oh man i remember when this area was bad now it's good this is the new standard so So, i i think that's important for them to nail down too when it comes to when it comes to frame rate there was blight town there was one other place but i think that was the worst I think Blight Town was the one that I remember Blight the Town most. Blight Town absolutely was the worst because, like, when it, it was when you entered, and if you looked in the distance, because mm. the game didn't change its draw distance, so that you'd see an enemy at like the base of Blight Town, and you just skip along like that, and it would be ridiculous to watch. Um, I, I think it was because there were so many moving parts. There was the windmill, there was the lighting, there was right. the draw distance they didn't shorten. And there was so much happening, like enemy. There, there were certain enemies I think that were taking damage upon you entering the area based off how just the area was laid out. Like there were, there was poison inside the swamps, and I, I think that was a hurt certain enemies. And so I think with so much going on, the game just couldn't handle it. But with that was when did that game come out? Two thousand. It was a while ago. Eleven. Yeah, it was. Or I thought it was two thousand nine, but no, because there was. Holy wait a minute. Crap. No, there was the other one. There was. Wait a minute. It was like Dark Souls. One two. Bloodborne, then three, right? I think so, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yes. Yeah, so 11... Because Dark Souls 3 was in the April, after a year after Bloodborne. Yeah, so I think you're right. I think you're right. I think it was 2011. Wow, okay. I mean, that's that's a while ago. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) So long. It's crazy. You know, seven years we'll we'll do the... Seven years of tech will do the game justice, and that shouldn't be a problem. I personally, if they get the pausing thing down i personally will probably spend more time playing dark souls on the switch than i ever did on the consoles if they get if they get it down because i do believe that that is a game for whatever reason once again like skyrim because i really like skyrim on the switch and i now that i'm like playing those games of course they're they're completely different style but they're still fantasy that kind of stuff I, I like the way they look on that little handheld screen, and I could just see myself, you know, jumping in there and really enjoying taking it on the go. Again, if if they figure out the pausing thing. Like, that's yeah. that, that'd be the biggest part for me. Yeah, I I adore Dark Souls 1, so I hope they get it right, too, because, like you said, I, I'd say next for me, next to PC, because I like modding, Skyrim on the Switch is my favorite version, and that got my friend in the Skyrim because he's able to take it on the go. And I'd love for the same thing to happen with with Dark Souls on the on the Switch. Yeah, I mean, I think it's a good fit, especially because as the game series went forward, they tried to do more complex bosses, more right. bigger bosses. Not that Dark Souls one's bosses are pretty freaking big, but um, 
some of them are as simple as just circling the enemy and hitting them from behind, where I think it'll be a little bit more manageable on the Switch. That's true. Except That's true. Was Dark Souls 1... I think that was the area. Yeah, was that the game where there was this big dragon yes. thing with, like, 40,000 teeth in its chest yeah. and stuff? And it was in, like, this this cellar kind of area? Yes, it was, because that wasn't three. Yeah, it's it, and that's the thing, is, like, Ugh, some of the bosses will... Yeah, exactly. It would be like Neo. Some of the bosses mm-hmm. will probably be... Will work fine on that on the switch because I'm also worried about the control a little bit. But some of them are probably going to be you know those ones where you're just like, fuck, it's twice as hard now, just because of how this how how this all works. But I I just I'm surprised it's being done, and that to me is the best yes. part. Like I just yeah. never would have expected it. I would never expected La Noir. Like Switch LA is Noir is a big surprise. Yeah, is Switch is doing some some pretty cool stuff for the people who have mm-hmm. one. Yeah, except Ellie Noir had that that memory issue. I, I hope that somehow I don't think it will, but uh, that Souls One doesn't have that issue either. Yeah. Um, but Nintendo, we we should note that they're doing something that w- we hammered on that they didn't do with the Wii U, and that's that like it's coming out the same day as the PS4, as the Xbox yep. One, it's PC. It's it's a direct competitor now because there's a priority getting it there, and so I got, I think we should give kudos to Nintendo personally because. Uh, that's something they f- they failed miserably with for a while. Was like, like for example, Doom coming out on the Switch didn't bother, didn't bother at all. It was right. so late. There were so many better versions, and that was one of those situations where it was like, uh oh, Switch, because it was the worst version, too. So it yeah. was like there was no point in buying it, in my opinion. Uh, but like with this, it's like okay, it's like it's coming out on the same day. Once again, that portability factor. Um, one thing I will say: Have you tried Xenoblade Chronicles two? On the Switch. I literally try would be the perfect word. Like, a couple minutes. Yeah, same. Same. I bought it and returned it. I did not like that game. But uh, that's one of the games that, when you played it in the tablet version, mm-hmm. it actually looked worse than when you docked it. Mm, gotcha. Um, and I wonder if Souls will have that issue or not. And I wouldn't call it an issue, but that predicament, we'll call it. Because, uh, for me, it was a little bit distracting in Xenoblade. It oh, was gotcha. like... You know, because you look at Skyrim, you look at Zelda. Sure. These games look wonderful in their tablet versions. Yeah. And then Xenoblade, it's like, it, it, it looked horribly compressed. It, it it looked very, very like PS3 era. Mm-hmm. And, and then when you put it on the dock, it looked like a like a, a pretty good game. And it's like, it, was that why I returned it? Absolutely not, by the way. But, um, you know, it was one of those things that was distracting. And I, I hope that's one thing I, I really hope that Souls doesn't have, especially because... Seeing your enemy helps, and when they're not heavily compressed, like yeah, right. forty pixels, that helps. Um, when it comes to so Xenoblade did that, but when it comes to like let's say Skyrim, Skyrim looks I think a bit better on tablet than it does blown up. Mm-hmm. And I have a good it TV does. and and some processing I can do, and it, and I still think that tablet version looks best. I I really do hope though that a lot of the companies moving forward are just really smart in how they use the power and we don't get much of a difference anymore cuz i it sort of becomes bothersome when we do have to talk about a you know different resolutions and all this yeah. kind of stuff and you're like really i mean seriously you're plugging it in you've already said you're not really doing much more it's like i almost would rather have them do a little less resolution or maybe not resolution but a little less effects whatever on the on the tablet version to make it look really good get some anti-aliasing in there and then just say mm-hmm. okay the docked version is identical because that's one thing that does bother me. Some games, like you said, 
depending on which version you play, can look pretty dramatically different. And yeah. it's like, damn, really? I mean, I get that it's a smaller screen, but there's different effects or there's a huge resolution, dynamic resolution change. And it's like, come on, man. Mm-hmm. I mean, be a little bit more solid on, on your tech. Yeah. I, I totally agree, especially the, the biggest one was, was Zelda when it first dropped. Like, the FPS differences, everything. Yeah. There's so much difference between the two versions. A lot better now, but after a bunch of patches, uh, you know, especially because a lot of people said it was, for them, unplayable in the docked version because it was always dropping frames, and that in the tablet version it was a lot better. Like I said, that problem is, has mostly been resolved, but, um, you know, we, we hope that it does even out over time. Yeah. All right, so looking forward to that. I think that's coming out in May. I don't actually don't know the pri- I don't know the uh, the time release for that. Okay, so I, I think it's May, but uh, we will find out one of these days. On to other awesome stuff. The rumor is that Fable Four is being made by the devs of Forza Horizon. What a odd but yet fitting combination. We know that the Horizon devs can clearly make a good open world game at least i'd say so because i have mentioned Fuck it time yeah. and time again i don't like racing games but i love forza horizon 3 i love that game sweet it's just superb and so the idea of them getting their hands on the fable franchise that's just music to my ears now what do you think made microsoft sit down look at a studio that's known for racing games and say we want you to do fable probably continue it at that not even reboot um to probably keep them happy I, I think some of it started with there because they were already talking about they wanted to do two games. And I don't know if you remember, but a while ago, Playground was talking about their own RPG. And then all of a sudden it yes. was like um, we heard, I think about two months ago was the first rumor about the Fable thing. Because I think that's when we talked about it. It was a long time ago. And then now we've got more and more people talking about it. Um, I would assume some of it was to make them happy because Microsoft wants to make sure that the people, you know, they make Forza, <laughs> let's hope. Because I want Forza, I want Forza Horizon Four, but at the same yeah. time they um, they allow them to do what they want to do. I would assume what probably happened is Playground probably built an engine uh, test, which is pretty normal. Uh, you know, you build some technology tests, you sort of look at what you want to do, and most likely Microsoft saw it and said, you know what, we canceled Fable Legends because it was sort of shit, and yeah. uh, instead of Scalebound, which would have been also hilarious if they had moved Scalebound to them, but they were like, hey, you know. It looks a little like Fable. What if you guys took Fable 4? If I was Playground Studios, I would have probably jumped on that myself because that's a big name. Yes. You know, that's a huge name. And to be like, Horizon is, does really well and we're now doing Fable 4, that's pretty fucking phenomenal. That would be my guess. Yeah, I mean, is that what you balance. assume too? Or, I mean, what, like, what yeah, do you think caused it all? I, I, here's the thing is, after seeing, ironically, Horizon Zero Dawn and, and how well it performed mm, right. review-wise, sales-wise, and from the studio, it went from a, a guy, a studio of people who made what I thought was pretty generic first-person shooters, I never got to in the kill zone, to a, a really epic open-world game like Horizon Zero Dawn, I think a lot of companies looked at it and said, why limit to what we know we're good at? Let's go and try to swing uh, for a home run with something completely different. So uh, I think it's clear that there is a lot of talent at the studio. Like I said, to, to make, I think it just speaks volumes to make someone like me who doesn't know shit about cars, who doesn't really care about cars, who doesn't know anything about them whatsoever, love a racing game right. and, and play hours and hours and hours and hours of it. I think that says a lot about it. So, or about them rather. And, 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 
why they did it, like, I, I'd agree with you. I think it's to make them happy. I think they probably did take a look at their, their game and go, well, what about Fable? Because that's something we want to bring back. I think they had said, they as an Xbox had said, like, they don't want Fable to die. They just right. didn't know when it would come back. Um, so it's coming back a lot sooner. Um, it makes me happy it's coming back because my friends and I were just talking about Fable and I was like, I loved Fable 2, I loved Fable 1. Fable 3 was funny enough, my introduction to the series and uh, mm. I still managed to like it because I didn't know any better. So I, sure. I still enjoyed it for what it was. Um, but once you play like 1 and 2, you go, whoa, <laughs> this, right. is, this is a special series. Um, and, and it's one that I think gaming needs. It's just a, a very happy, free, uh, do-what-you-want type of game. Uh, it was almost a cartoonish style to it so yeah it's gonna be interesting that's the other thing it's like this is so weird it can work right you know you look at the realistic racing games they make and then fables complete opposite in every single way shape and form but if they can make a good open world then why not try a good open world fable game uh you know that's maybe the the motto it's like you guys know how to construct one now just write some good characters with it too easier said than done of course i would have um the other company that because I think we have talked about this is and I know you weren't a big fan of their their next game, but you have like Just Cause developers and then Mad Max and you have, you know, them making what I consider pretty in, incredible open worlds. I had always hoped Just Cause developers would take their engine because if you look at their engine, aside from buildings, ignoring the buildings looking terrible they're in, you know, some of the stuff they do is fucking insane. And yes. I, I had always been like, oh, wow. And then when Playground when those rumors started coming out, I'm like, in a weird way, it's the same way I feel about them. Where I'm like, that is a good fit for an RPG. As you know, just something about the way they put together their stuff. I'm like, that could be really, really cool. It'll all depend, though, like what Fable Four is too. Like, is it going to be a like a casual, like how I'm I'm hoping. I mean. Is it going to be Forza Horizon but Fable and you're running around with leaderboards and fucking joining people's groups? Mm. Because then I'm not as stoked. I, no. I yeah. did hear that Playground originally was planning on something completely different than Forza Horizon. It was not going to be as anywhere near as online focused. So my hope is Fable 4 fits into that. Yeah. Yeah, and I think, once again, I think the Horizon kills own thing. Yeah, is having its impact because one was, had a multiplayer component, Horizon straight single player yeah, only. Right. So, I think the idea of this being so different is they want everything different, right? Uh, at least we'd hope so. Because um, right now we're kind of running off the code name of Fable Four. I don't know if it's actually like a guarantee, like if it's Fable it is Fable Four. Yeah. Um, I think it's just like a fourth Fable game, which is a huge difference because they could be rebooting it. Like you said, they it could have some online components, some interconnectivity uh, between gamers. We don't know quite yet. Uh, based on the games they have made, they, they do those well. So we could see maybe it'll end up being something good. But at face value, I don't. That's not the type of fable I'm looking for. Yeah. But they like they might have a good idea. We don't know that though. Yeah, it, uh, that's a good point. I never thought about the Horizon Zero Dawn kind of thing. But yeah, you do see a company make that switch, and then other companies look and go, well, you know, I mean. We can't just immediately do what they do, but you see that, and you see them make that switch, and I think it does sort of make developers go, maybe we should, or maybe we could, you know, go and make this yeah. different title. Well, in Microsoft's position, it's like, uh, I think it, it speaks a lot when I say, like, I it's in about a month, it's going to be a year since I've turned on my Xbox One. It's not like I'm looking to not turn it on, I just, I have not turned it on. Like, and I'm not exaggerating, I haven't turned it on for 
going back to games, I haven't turned it on for movies, nothing. So it's like Microsoft might notice people like me, yeah. who maybe not for as extreme of a amount of time, but people who don't go on their Xbox a lot because they know games play a factor, and they go, well, Xbox is performing well, let's take a chance and get more. Because yeah. we've talked about before how, like, yes, PS4 is way ahead of the pack. They're, they're performing excellent. They have wonderful exclusives. But that doesn't mean the Xbox One is really doing bad. It's, it's selling incredibly well, and people are happy with it. But that leads to Microsoft being able to almost, in our perspective, take a chance yeah. when it's it's really not. They're doing well. So it's like they're experimenting at this point, right? Yeah. Um, so I, I think that's the other thing. It's a difference in perspective. They, they can take a chance because they are technically performing well. And they can bring more gamers over to the other side. I just think it's a little bit dangerous, though, to double down on a on one of your top studios and, and have them working on two of your biggest IPs now. Force is a huge one, or Force of Horizon, I should specify, is a big one. And Fable's a big one. And you got one studio handling both of them. And we, we see what happens with, like, a Bethesda Game Studios. When you get a bunch of IPs people love in one studio's hands, it, it's like people are never satisfied. There's a big demand for them all the time. And then it leads to like spinoffs that could work out really well, maybe, or not work out well. Uh, it fe- feels to me, it reminds me of like remembering the days of Microsoft, you know, Bizarre, Bungie, and BioWare, and then they sold them all after they be- mm-hmm. after they got massive. And it feels to me, it's like Playground and and um, Undead Labs, I guess, is announcing something for State of Decay today. Um, there's there's a couple first party you know groups that they work with, or somewhat first party groups, and. I think they Microsoft cultivates them well at some point and probably just lets them do what they want to do. I think it does suck that maybe they don't have that many, so one playground has to do two of their major IPs. But I think at the same time, um, sometimes it's what you know is better than what you don't know, too. So it's just like, well, yeah, we don't have that many, but the ones we do have are good. And True. so maybe Microsoft is, you know, because personally, I like the idea of not having all your eggs in one basket as well. Because, like, what if you don't get along or what, you know, what if something weird happens, whatever. But I, I think for the most part, that probably isn't in their, like, thought process. They probably just saw something and were like, let's let's do it and see. We also saw how much Microsoft made from the ID at Xbox program. So they're they're able to take maybe a little bit of a chance on their, their AAA development because they're getting all these revenue streams from their indie games, for example. So... That could play a factor into this choice too, just that additional money. Yeah, and remember when back in the day, dude, PSN didn't charge, and it, everybody used to always be like, "Man, yeah. Sony's great because they're not charging." I'm like, "No, you don't understand. Sony's a company. When they see how much Microsoft is making, they will figure out a way to make. They will figure out a way to charge for it. Like there's, and micro, they did, and they did. Microsoft does have little ways of revenue streamings, the indies and all that kind of stuff that we don't even know about or we don't hear about unless somebody runs a news article on it, whatever. And it, it, yeah, it's I think the example out there that like Microsoft's doing terrible or whatever, you know, when they're like, dude, we're selling better than the 360 by a massive amount. And the 360 was our biggest success by a massive amount. You're like, hmm, what's really happening is you're just selling to a much wider pool. And yeah. So I, I think it does. I think it gives them cash to sort of say, okay, here's what we want to do. We're going to try this. We're going to bring back Fable. I, I, I keep saying this, man. The fact that they're canceling titles means something. It doesn't mean they're running out of money at all. If You, you know, when you cancel Scalebound or you cancel Legends after yeah. being worked on, that actually means something. That means you have the ability to do that. 
and say, yes. we're going to write it off and we're going to move exactly. on. Exactly. Uh, you know, because what, what Carrick is saying, folks, is like they they essentially, and I, I mean, this is a little extreme, but they took hundreds of thousands of dollars, let a match <laughs> and, and tossed it on the money. Yeah. You know, granted, they had something to show for it and, and they were gauging excitement, but they realized it wasn't worth it. And that's pretty much what they did because they could because they had that money to burn. <laughs> yeah, yeah not that they're doing crazy. it carelessly but they like you said they're able to so yeah it makes a big difference and it might work the opposite way where now they're able to say well, let's experiment let's see if this works exactly and i'm, I'm hoping it works because i i really enjoy fable and it's been a it's been way too long did you get a chance long. to do um blizzard uh blizzard mountain or the horizon the expansion no oh dude not. you got to it's cheap <laughs> You'll you'll be blown away, man. You will, and you'll turn on your Xbox finally. Yeah. Oh, dude. <laughs> it's. I did a walk in the walk, which I rarely do on racing games. I think the crew was the only other one I've done one on this because there was it was a disaster at the time. But, dude, mm-hmm. like the snow and the way the holy shit. I mean, it's it's actually awe inspiring sometimes to just park your car in this massive blizzard, and you're just like this fucking game looks so weak. Really? Yeah, it's insane, man. It's insane what they can do. And remember, they were able to do that on the, you know, wasn't super less powerful, but a less powerful Xbox. And now I'm, I'm assuming they'll be aiming for the original as well as the X. So it'll be interesting mm-hmm. to see if we get like four, you know, what 4K Fable looks like. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that can lead us into our, our next topic a lot better because Phil Spencer had been saying in interviews that there's been increased spending on games. There has been increased hiring. Uh, they're hiring, you said like another kind of head of Xbox because there's been so many projects. Um, this is happening over, I believe you said, the course of the next two years, yeah. correct? So we know that they're doubling down on games. Do you think they're preparing for the future generation at this point to just go all out by then? Yeah, because every time we talk about this, we always have to remember that it does mean if they're doing something today, it could be three years before the game comes out. So yeah. I, I would I don't know, man. Microsoft um, the Xbox X is doing so well that my assumption is is that Microsoft will use the same team and do an iteration again um, because there isn't really a technology available right now that is a big j- jump and crypto miners are making the PC not as much of a competitor as it used to be because of the cost of cards. I mean, they've, they've gone up like 400 percent. Like it's ridiculous how expensive a card is and RAM and stuff like that. So I think yeah. I think they are planning for the future obviously i do think it was funny because i talked about that in the discord and stuff and then i sat there and thought and i'm like wait a minute so what phil said was he was able to walk away from his old job and not replace himself which means they must not have been doing very much at all because now he said oh i need a replacement for my old job because we're doing stuff and i'm all wait what you just you yeah, basically true. just it's like a big hole in a statement yeah you basically just said that you were doing shit you know like i'm not saying he said that but it was funny that the the logic when he in used a way that. it's implied yeah it's you know, that much not much was going on it's the minecraft guy though which surprised me like somebody he's cuz i think minecraft is successful cuz of minecraft not because of Microsoft, like mm-hmm. Apple could have bought it. I could have bought it. And as long as I didn't fuck it up too bad, it's still Minecraft. So it's yeah. weird to see that guy in charge. But from, I mean, I would assume they're preparing a little bit for the future, but I would also say that the horizon, like you said, cause horizon zero dawn, I think, um, and some of the other single play Neo, 
some of these games come out and I think that Microsoft really does want those. And they're they're like, okay, we can't do a third party. We tried scale bound, that didn't work. Let's let's you know, make sure our technology is there. Use you know, go with the internals and it it'll be interesting to see what deals they do too. Like will we see a like will we see a like an obsidian style thing where it's like you know we want oh, okay I you know sorry sorry yeah where like because he talks about spending but what does that mean because we would have seen companies be created and they haven't said anything mm-hmm. so like we're, at some point you have to create the company create the game and the sooner you can the sooner you can start so it's like mm-hmm. i wonder if we're gonna see second party which is the t- i can't remember so a third party is when it's completely divorced company first party you own it Second party is where they're a contractor, but they're within some kind of business. I think second party was, uh, or no, I'm thinking double A. I was going to say I thought Hellblade was second party. No, Hellblade um, is double A, though. You're right. But yeah, it, yeah. so I'm wondering if that's what they're going to do. Like, or, or are they going to, mm-hmm. you know, how are they going to get the games, right? Just get, got somebody in place, they got the money. But you just said it earlier. Two of their made, major IPs are with Playground. Who else do they have? So Do you think... Do you think because they're starting to talk about it now? I mean, I, I wouldn't imagine why say something now unless you're planning on showing something within the next year. Yeah, I mean, I just I, I'll have to look. I don't know if you do it, but sometimes I'll follow like I'll find somebody who's good at checking I, um, um, trademarks to see if okay. like a new company has create, been created for Microsoft that's a development company and stuff, mm. because that's the only thing that confuses me is if they are going to show it within a year. Who's working on it? Because Undead Labs is doing State of Decay and they have no growth. There isn't any, there's no reports of them like getting 200 extra employees. So that's where, that's where my question comes in is, is like, where are they getting the. Yeah, and then you think like Gears, it's been only. Oh, Coalition about... though. Didn't they announce that, Maddie? I thought last week Coalition said they were working on something non Gears inspired. Oh, really? I am pretty sure Coalition announced last week that there was something coming. That kind of bums me out. I loved Gears 4. Dude, so I did I. Like Wasn't it. that good? That, that, like, I, I really enjoyed the story. I loved the multiplayer. That I'm glad they're working on something else. You know, that, that means they're inspired by it. But, uh, you know, shit. Like, I, I wanted a Gears 5. <laughs> and, I mean, how often do we see, you know, companies switch their major IPs to another company and actually goes fucking well. Too. Yeah. Like, it's like, wow. It's like they've always been working on Gears. So it, Coalition did great. Coalition did, I mean, I know some people don't, you know, hate, don't like Gears, whatever, but I agree. I think it was awesome. They are doing an original IP for Xbox. So that is that okay. is another one. Now, that doesn't mean Coalition didn't grow, too. Um, you know, if, mm-hmm. can they handle, too? Because, of course, a Gears is going to be, there's a different process, how many people you need to bring in because you already know the world and stuff like that. Yes. So, yeah, it's, and, and I agree, man. Gears 4, I wouldn't say it's as good as 1, but I really, there was a lot of elements in 4 I dug. A lot. Yeah. So. I, I Yeah, I completely agree. I, see, now, now that we're thinking, we're combining the spending, we're looking at what's happening here like we got that's another studio that's technically doubling up so it's like is this where the increased spending's going hey let's just expand on what we got instead of looking outside looking for more let's let's take what we have let's invest in that yeah i mean make tons of new games through there because obsidian is doing their own right obsidian's theirs is um so i'm trying to think a big you have ninja theory i don't know what they're working on after hellblade um, 
and they're owned by themselves, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yes, they're they are completely they're independent. completely independent. So it's like the the real question is, what is Microsoft? If Microsoft is looking for AAA, then it's a completely different. You have to get somebody who's already known, and I don't know of many who are out there that are like that would do a. Uh, like a first, like an exclusive for for Xbox, even an exclusive for PS4, I guess. Yeah, I don't know, man. I don't like. I'm trying to think. They don't have a gorilla. They have. I mean, what's out there? Yeah, they don't. They have three, four, three, but that's obviously Halo Six. Yeah, right. You know, there's no doubt in my mind that's not changing. They're they are designated as the Halo Studio. Um. Yeah, it's it's <clears throat> where nowadays it's like if if you are a like a Bethesda will say, uh, or an EA, you, you want it on all platforms. Exactly. You want to create your game and have it get to everybody. And then if you are exclusive, like for Sony will say, you're producing a game for millions of owners. There's so many. You're sure you can get to more, but Sony's paying a lot of money to keep you exclusive. And then Microsoft, it's like, there's still a good amount of gamers, but, uh, it's a matter of like the audience, the inspiration mm. and, and rather with the, the big movement of independent studios, does anyone want to be tied exclusively to a Microsoft, which I don't know, maybe this is a sign that they are not as flexible as Sony. It could be because Sony seems to be just reeling in people left, right and center to work on their stuff exclusively. So I don't know why Microsoft has an issue. I, I think I can say this. I, mm-hmm. Hang on. I'm just running through what he said to me. Uh, yeah, so Ashen, the game I always talk about, the Zelda style game that those yes. um I was going to have them do an interview and just recently on the channel just to see where they were because again same question like where's if this is a Microsoft only title because it is. Okay. I will say that that's a title where an influx of money could do even though I think I mean from what I've seen fucking I cannot wait to play that game. An influx of money could do amazing. Maybe some of these older titles that I can't remember at an E3 that they showed or whatever, they are, you know, putting extra money into as well on the side. Cause that it was weird. It was like, well, we can't, I can't do an interview because we're going to talk about something later. And I was like, that's odd. Cause normally you've announced the game. You can do the interview. Like, you know, yeah. but once you've announced the game, you can just say, I can't talk about certain things, but instead it was a little bit more like, Mm, there's some big stuff in the future. So maybe they're cultivating a cool little, you know, indie house or two. Uh, I mean, it would be, okay. it would be awesome to see. I know also a lot of those exclusives that we saw in PS4, you talk to the devs and they've been talked to and asked, they will say blatantly it's because the Xbox one had issues with ESRAM and issues with resolution. True it that. was not because they disliked working for Microsoft. In fact, a lot of the companies have been like, they've been very good to work with now. So, is that, for example, Neo, I think, was a good example. Um, Scalebound, Platinum, they were like, okay, we'll do it. So you got to wonder with the Xbox X, are they just like, okay, great. We'll we'll work with you now. So I don't know. It would be cool for us to sit down and try to find out who hasn't announced something. It's also, you, you have to wonder that question of, of like, oh, were they bad to work with they being Microsoft? Because like, even like Yakuza. Yeah, I was just playing that the other day, and I found out even that was exclusive to mm-hmm. PS4. It's like, geez, it feels like everything lately I, I put into that system, it, it is only for that system. And I, I think that plays a factor into the consumer's mind where it's like, it absolutely why would does. I ever want to go to Xbox? Because, you know, it, this has everything exclusive, or at least it feels that way. 
but yeah, you know, because tech played a big factor into Sony. They were in a Huge similar factor. position, really, with PS3. Yeah. Uh, we look at how no one wanted to develop on that that cell uh, processor <laughs> yeah. or whatever, and um, and because of that, Sony only could rely on like their handful of in-house studios uh, to make while they were spectacular games. Usually, um, they could only rely on that small amount. And they did even it up at the end, but uh, at that time, Microsoft was churning out great exclusives left right and center so it's it's just amazing how they've entirely swapped positions even though both companies are doing well it's it's yeah. crazy you were talking a little bit about okay a little money here could do do wonders and it reminded me of elix and our conversation about that game and how <laughs> right. some money into that and yeah. it's like wow it would have made the biggest difference so maybe that's where microsoft's doing their spending too is like hey we'll give you some money keep it exclusive to us and and the game looks exponentially better and and all of a sudden Microsoft shows up at E3, and maybe a couple of these titles are indies, but uh, they, they look a million times better. Like, an Ashen looks like a triple-A a game just because of the money Microsoft lent to them. Not only that, dude, I'm telling you right now, if Elix did have... Like, if I was Microsoft, I would talk to Piranha Bytes, because Piranha Bytes is a company that does have some issues with size, some issues with bugs, because I'm telling you right now, there are parts of that I think are better than Fallout. Uh, not I said parts, because I know people are pissed right now. They're They're commenting. <laughs> Just some parts there. It was there was some it was janky as fuck. It was two worlds versus Skyrim kind of thing where you were like, mm, this doesn't feel the that's greatest. Almost appealing. <laughs> it, but exact. That's exactly what I mean. And so like could if Microsoft was all, you know, here's here's the money to do those things. And then you have to look at like, is exclusivity a big deal or is it a timed one? Microsoft has never seemed to be like Sony in the way that. Sony is usually, we want exclusivity forever. Microsoft has always been more about the, the financial kind of side, the, the one-year fiscal. So they're like, okay, one year is what we want as the exclusive. Six, six months, Tomb Raider, yeah. So a, an indie who maybe doesn't have the money you know, and, and needs it, and a Microsoft comes in and is like, you know, we will give it to you because I know that multiple people that have talked about it in the industry have been like, there's been times where one of these companies has said, we'll do this and this and this. And they're like, eh, we don't want to do this deal. But I'm sure a lot of companies out there can't make it. Obsidian has already said they were having huge issues. And, you know, they, and, and or Platinum, you know, when when Scalebound was cut, I'm sure they had huge financial issues. So there's, I bet you there's companies out there that are like, we really want to do this, but I don't think we can unless a Sony... Microsoft or a Nintendo says, you know what, we'll, you know, we will foot the bill for exclusivity. I've always felt though, I don't know about you, but I've always felt that it's like, does exclusivity in a small time frame ever, um, well, okay, how, how am I saying this? I think sometimes it makes more sense to just be exclusive forever because, because, you know, let's say it's like GTA where you get, I think it was 50 million for the side stories, get Ballad of Gay Tony. It might have been more than that. They got a couple, 50 you know, million. yeah, it was 20 or 50 million that they got for those. But let's say it's a smaller company. And it's like 3 million. Are you going to make 3 million in six months when you go to the Xbox or the PS4? If you're exclusive on the other one instead, maybe you just say we're making the game just for this and we're going to make it the best it can be just for this because we, the technology, we know exactly what we're doing. And we're going to work on just the technology for this. We're not going to have to test PS4 or Xbox or Switch, what have you. So 
I, I mean, I wonder about that too. Like if, 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 if we will see that it's, I don't know, man, it's their money's got to be going somewhere. It's just, it's hard to track. It's like Microsoft is like, we're spending money and everybody's all well, where cause mm-hmm. <laughs> you don't see it. It's you, all under the radar. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah, it is under. See, this is stuff I haven't thought of. It is under the radar, dude. Like, I wonder. It's like they're just sliding blank checks to like every company. Like, here, do what you'd like. <laughs> so, Obsidian is doing what right now? They're doing their own humorous Un- RPG, unannounced IP, uh, brand new, uh, published by them. It's being published by that that new Take Two subsidiary. Oh, the division or the the um yeah div- yeah division that's what it's called or something like that so um what else is there that's i just mm. yeah it, it's the money the money's going somewhere i i just it's really hard to track where when like i mean we saw cuphead i'm sure they spent money on that that game looks spectacular i think that's mainly because of its art but still it's that definitely looked like a game that you got got to put some money into um it's just hard to yeah it, it's i because what what makes me ori. excited is like okay blind forest Sorry. ori there we go isn't there an ori sequel coming there, out there there is and you know people can diss on microsoft all they want for like not doing indies but as we've sat here and talked i'm like yes i agree but there's actually some fucking phenomenal stuff that's come out so yeah. it's yeah continue sorry no i'm just thinking it gets me excited for like E3 because yeah. that's where, or that summer, I should say, because some companies hold back announcements for like those other months, like Gamescom and stuff, where I'm expecting at this point, based off the spending and, and us not being able to track like where the fuck it's going, um, and and the additional hiring too, like a company move to to really staple in, like okay, we are making moves, uh, then I'm expecting them to, to come out and announce and say like we got some shit coming you know because they have they have been guilty twice uh, of really hyping things up for e3 that have not been good like uh, i thought project scorpio while I, i'm happy that people are enjoying the xbox one x I, I didn't think it was as oh shit as i really thought it'd be not because of hype just it, it was like okay this is another half step really it's nothing to me uh, and granted, I don't own like a what's it called, 4K TV or, or anything, sure. so maybe that's why. But it, it wasn't a big wow thing for me. Um, the other thing was like this is the greatest game lined up in Xbox history. Another ridiculously bold claim that gets you excited, but once you saw the products that popped out, it was right. like what? this is this is really the best in history. I could go back a long while and, and name a better stretch of Xbox history. Right. Uh, so it gets me excited. Hopefully that maybe they'll come through this time. Um, you know, we, we can't forget in about a month, I think it is, uh, Sea of Thieves. Or no. No, 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 no. Sorry. I think that's a beta. No. Sea of Thieves no, is coming this year. Sea of Thieves is out, like, the, the February, I believe. Yeah. Oh, fuck yes. Yeah, or, or, All right, perfect. And did the NDA drop? I, I don't know if the NDA dropped, but I have been hearing rumors that that is phenomenal. So mm-hmm. but, I'm not surprised. I, I've said... From day one, I'm like, this is going to be a game that, you know, people who pay attention will love it, will be excited, and when it comes out, it's going to be like that game that, like, takes the internet by storm. It's going to fucking surprise people. People are going to hop on. It's going to be streamed all the time. That's what I've been calling for a while. So I do hope that's what happens because, like, it's the return of Rare. Right. It's exciting for everybody. I really hope that's what happens. Yeah, I... 
it's funny because I wanted into it and then like it took a while to get the beta. Remember back in the day, like when the person we know used to work at Microsoft and it's, you know, Mm -hmm. they were like, oh, we can, you know, possibly get you in the beta, blah, blah, blah. And when I finally got in, I turned it on and I was like, yeah, okay. And I was doing something, you know, it was like, (laughs) uh, I'm doing something else. But I saw some video, the occasional video, and I'm just like, I sort of get it. It'll depend on what Mm -hmm. you can do. But uh, there's been, as they've shown more and more, there's been times where I'm all, oh, fuck, like that, there, that looks awesome. So yes, I hope it does. I hope it does phenomenally well. I, I completely agree because with Sea of Thieves, it was. I watched the trailer. They did. They did this. I can't talk. They did a trailer that uh, highlighted a lot of the features and like factions you can join, and right. quests you can do, and on paper it was like, okay, you can collect chickens on this island and here you can hire this guild and and hunt for treasure and it's like okay like very con- with without context that sounds very whatever yeah right. well then you think okay it's a multiplayer group okay i'm traveling with my friends we're doing this together it's a dynamic multiplayer open world so i could be saying i'm gonna go get this treasure but there'll be another ship waiting there hunting that same treasure and we're gonna fight for it it's those dynamic moments that that's why I say I think it's going to surprise a lot of people because you're going in expecting like, oh, we're just going to hunt some treasure. We're just going to play together. And it becomes so much more. Uh, that's why Yakuza, although completely different game, really surprised me because anytime I had a plan, I'm going to go to this store. I'm going to go to this nightclub. I'm going to do this. On my way there, a sub story happens. I end up doing a million other things. And then I get to my end goal. So that's what I, I love about that game. And I, I hope that kind of... Uh, I guess distraction gameplay pops up in, in Sea of Thieves because it, w- it would fit so well. If yeah. It just uh, kept hitting you with stuff to do and, and the dynamic multiplayer took over. And you, you okay, so you played which Yakuza? You played uh, Kiwami. So you have actually, then that's it mm-hmm. for you. Correct. For Dude, Jesus Christ. Okay, so yeah, <laughs> man. So are you getting, are you jumping in or? Yes. And I, I, I loved Kiwami. Okay. I lo- and what's hilarious is people are like, dude, Zero's amazing. I'm like, but and, and like Kiwami's all right. I'm going, I, I loved Kiwami. Hold on. It, well, that's what I was going to say is I think people probably are now the way I reacted thinking it's the best game ever. I don't. But I know what you like now. And like I can see why you would like, you know, that game in particular. And mm-hmm. um, I can see if those got in somehow to Sea of Thieves. I could see it being interesting. I think for me, though, when I look at that title, I look at a game that, as long as there's enough stuff to do, right, is going to probably impress in the way that, unfortunately, gamers need right now, which is graphically. And mm-hmm. it, it is a little cartoonish, but I think that when you look at the water and stuff, you're going to see, because it's beyond belief how good it looks. And I, yes. in, in, in their cartoony way, I want to make sure people understand just like Viva Pinata looked amazing, but it looked like a rare, a rare game. It's art it's style. Incredible. Yeah. So, um, I, I just hope I just, I just don't know all you can do in that game. And I don't feel that that's where Microsoft, that game is probably spent. If that makes sense. Like the money's probably there. If you add more money, then you add length to the development because you're doing something else. And so it's, it's a, almost doing too much. It's like, let's get it out and then it, expand. Exactly. And, and maybe that's what we'll find out. Maybe what we're going to find out is that Microsoft has said we're going to, and you said it earlier. So I don't actually, I guess I'm just repeating myself, but if Microsoft is taking chances, my hope is that means if an unfortunate Ubisoft siege moment happens and Sea of Thieves releases 
poorly, then Microsoft could say, that's okay. Mm-hmm. Con- continue to support that game because we believe it'll be a mini Minecraft, let's say, where we're going to okay. cultivate that. That, that would be very cool if instead of, because we're looking for IPs and we're looking for developers and it, it's hard to find some. Maybe mm-hmm. Microsoft is like, we're going to financially make sure that if you have social issues, social media problems, you know, because of somebody saying something and it doesn't sell well or, or you have server issues, network issues, we're going to make sure that financially um, you're set for a particular period of time, which would be cool because as a developer, that's never fucking what happens. Literally, they know that the day they release, there's a chance they're going to be let go because that's how development works. Like you, 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 you go you shrink, you know, anywhere from 20 to 60%. And so it's like, imagine it would be so great if Microsoft was like, no, you know, you shrink much less and, and we're going to give you that, that architecture to sort of make a success if it isn't instantly one, which Mm. would be very cool. Yes, absolutely, and that's that's a fantastic idea. I, I hope they do that. So do I. I. I hope that's where the money is going because that would be beneficial to all parties. Um, absolutely. Did gears? You mentioned gears real quick. Did you? Well, back uh, back a bit ago. Did they ever say there was a five? Like we think there's a five. We know there'll be a, something gears of war, but. Coalition has never said they're doing five yet, right? I don't think they did. I only say five just because, and I won't spoil anything, just cliffhanger. I think, <laughs> yeah, to right. To some extent. Right. Yeah. Um, I mean, it concludes the narrative, but it adds on where it's like, there's going to be a fifth. And it's like, oh, fuck yes. Yeah, because I was, I was trying to think. Hmm, no, nah, it's too fast of a turnaround. I was like, is there a company that we're going to be surprised, like you said, E3, where the turnaround is faster than mm-hmm. we thought? Um, because that could be interesting too, you know, like how, how fast are some of these games coming out? Cause you said Microsoft has sort of touted some, well, Recore was another one, but they touted these games that, <laughs> or, or things that weren't that great. It would, and, and mm-hmm. early where they're like, yeah, we're going to talk about this. And then it, it, it craters. And Phil Spencer himself has said he's going to stop, like he's put a, his foot down and he's like, we're, we're, we're going to talk about things once they're far more gestated than that. So E3 would be nice to be just surprised, you know, where it's like mm-hmm. we're, we're doing this and that and be one of those things where you're just like, wow, I had I had really no idea. We, we knew about Cuphead. There was leaks of art. There was leaks of most of this kind of stuff. There was leaks for Ori. So it'd be cool yeah. if there was something that was just, you know, no surprise. Cool. Yeah, I agree. Or Undead Labs. <laughs> Hopefully they're given money because, yes. dude, State of Decay to... God, I want that game to be good. Do you know when does that one come out? Uh, I believe the there was a, a fake, not fake, but a leaked Amazon picture where it's like it goes up for a second and they and I thought it said June or July. Okay. Like, I'd love if it came out in the summer because that's when the first day of the game came out was in the summer. That Xbox Arcade Summer thingy, yeah, that they did. Did you? I'd love they brought that back with their spending. <laughs> yeah, so would I. And that's another thing. Like we talk about, you know, big games and stuff. Is there something else that they, you know, if they've if got th- this kind of money, a little bit of money goes a long way. Is there something else that they could do on the side? There was the the rumor, uh, and this could be some of the spending that they're overhauling the Avatar system yeah. and they're tying it into the gamer score with the Avatar loot crates. So there's a chance that's where some of the money's going. Sadly, I'll say. <laughs> Yeah, uh, did you see 
uh, sorry if, if my computer's a little slow. I, I just ran into like the world's weirdest internet bug. Did you see um, anything when it comes to that? Did you read the news? Yes. So I actually just made a video on it today. Oh, okay. Didn't see that. So is that to you an indication of them actually? I didn't really read it as anything other than them really redoing the avatars and then maybe adding like a, a, a consu- not a consumable, but a, a um, cosmetic. Or did you read it yeah, as a, mi- the, as a loot microtransaction loot thing? The, the leak rumor was that they're testing to see if like, you know, when you play a certain game and you get a certain achievement or you hit a certain gamer score, you get rewarded uh, certain cosmetic items for your avatar, but that when you complete quests, they're called, that you unlock an avatar loot box. And I don't think that's really bad at face value. It's like, okay, you know, you play the game, you get rewarded. Uh, My thing was like with any loot crate, it's like, okay, will they be something I can purchase? Will right. it be uh, intrusive where when I unlock a free one because I played the game, it goes, well, uh, if you buy $5 worth, you get a, a free loot box as well on top of that. Um, stuff along those lines that where it's like, okay, at least when there were loot boxes in games, it was avoidable because I just didn't have to turn on that game because I wanted to boycott it. But when it's like in every game, um, then then it gets a little ridiculous. The other thing is those quests. Let's say it is purchasable. Fine for convenience factor. Uh, if those quests are, we'll call them grindy, I guess like you unlock one crate. If you play a thousand hours worth of Xbox video games, <laughs> right? It's like, well, fuck, I don't, and then it's like, people might feel, I wouldn't say pressured because that's your own. That's really your own choice at that point. Yeah. It's completely cosmetic. It has no impact on any game. It is literally your avatar. Um, then what? And for me, I don't really care about my avatar. Mine has been the same for years. I'm wearing a Rangers hat yeah. and a Ninja Turtles shirt. Right. That's, that's all I need in life. And uh, I, I don't care or really think much of it. But I, I made a video on it just because it's it's more loot box stuff. And it's like, well, this could be where maybe some of the spending is going because they are overhauling the avatar system. That is definitely happening. So I know now that, you, now that I thought of that, that, that could be where some of the money's going. But... Um, is it going to tie in the gamer score system? That remains to be determined because it's just a rumor at this point that came from Windows Central, I think. And uh, they had like various sources and stuff they were claiming. So we'll see. I mean, it's so weird because I always hear and you and I, we run channels and the people we talk to um, gravitate towards us for particular types of news. So just because mm-hmm. we agree doesn't mean the world agrees with us kind of thing. I want to make sure people yes. understand that. But it is weird that everybody I talk to hasn't adjusted their avatar in fucking forever. And oh, yeah. and you're like, okay, so who is – obviously people are. Microsoft, um, any company would look at your metrics and go, we've got people who enjoy you know, the avatar stuff. So obviously people are. But it is weird, dude. I don't know anyone, 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 not a single person, no exaggeration, who has changed anything on their avatar on the Xbox One. They literally bought it. They were like, oh, it's an avatar like the X- uh, the 360. <laughs> and they were all, okay. And then they just, yeah. maybe Microsoft wants them back into that too. 
it, I was going to say, I, I think it was the opposite. Mm-hmm. I think no one was doing it, and they said, well, we let's rehaul, let's overhaul it, rather, sure. and, and see if we can get people into it. I mean, look, it, it's like the Mies on the Wii. Yeah. It's fun. You create them, you fucking leave them on the side, and that's it. It's like that's all there is to it. If they, they somehow, you know, yeah, it'll be cool to... to I've always said that, and they used to do this with the 360, is when you got certain achievements, they would come with Avatar items. And I remember, like, in Fable, I think it was Fable 3, you could get, like, a pirate hat, I think, with one of the, the achievements. It's like, okay, and I throw it on my character real quick. If they make it that quick, seamless, like, you know how the Xbox has a snap thing? Yeah. If I quickly, like, get the achievement, I hold the Xbox button, it snaps in the Avatar screen, I can equip it, boom, just like that, and move on, that'd be cool. And if they turn into, like, almost a mini RPG system where it's, like, now you get, like, bonus gamer score, we'll, we'll say hypothetically, which makes no sense, it, when you get certain achievements and those add to your quest points and then you can get more of those avatar loot boxes, it's like, okay, sure. I, you know, maybe it, it becomes, it adds to the game. For some reason, just that, so you know, I thought that's mm-hmm. what it was. Okay, so what, it's possible. Yeah, so what you just described is why I was a little less... Not less than you, but a little less n- nervous or, or anything than I would have been. Uh, yeah, I wouldn't even say I I, I come across was. nervous because I my my first approach in the video was like, look, I you know here's my optimistic point of view, which is usually when you talk about loot crates, especially in videos on YouTube, it's like the first thing it's like let's talk about what could go fucking wrong. Here. Yeah, right. It's like, <laughs> you know, my thought process was like we've seen Microsoft in situations where they have a choice to really make a consumer-friendly service, and they usually take that route. Like, I think Game Pass is consumer-friendly, um, and I think this would just be another step towards that is like what can we do as a service rather right. than the games because they don't have games to make people want to play the Xbox, to, to make it rewarding when they do play the Xbox. Like, wow, look at all that's changed. New avatar system, new gamer score system. Uh, new, what's it called? What was I just mentioning earlier? Uh, fuck, lost my train. Achievements, of game score, uh, some avatar items. Something I mentioned before. Regardless, doesn't matter. It's like, oh wow, look at all these changes. Xbox has this fresh coat of paint for all the new players coming in. So, I, like I said, I think with the spending, I think with the avatars, I think with all the changes they're making under the hood, it, it's gearing up for the next generation where they can do something huge. Like instead of like what we've seen in, in previous console gens, like here's three exclusives. Like they'll have fucking 10 for launch day and be like, we're going to hit you with a ton of games. There's something for everybody because that's one of the biggest successes with uh, 2017 gaming in general. But really a lot of them were, them were exclusives on PS4 was there was a game for everybody. Yeah. And if you have that for like a launch platform for a new console, I mean, damn, you know, you're set. I honestly, other than I, like, like, I can't even remember what my av- where my avatar shows up in the Xbox now that I I mean now I that I either. like when I'm thinking of going to the home and I'm like he's not there so where the fuck is the avatar and I think that that's another problem is I don't know why it's almost like the paperclip in Windows um you know uh whatever the old Windows Word program used to be where they're like hi my name's Clippy and I'm a fucking funny little character it's like avatars are like mm-hmm. that and you're all but why and why. And I don't want it to where my version of Battlefield 1 versus a PS4 version gets me an extra sock if I'm playing the <laughs> Xbox. I don't want that either because I hate yeah. that split platform shit. So it's like, what can Microsoft do with the Avatar system? And what's weird is Microsoft needs to make the app, the Avatars matter. And I don't know if I want them to because I don't even like either one of the OS is as busy as they are now, let alone if you have a fucking 3D little character running around. 
Yeah, because I remember in the 360, it used to be like when the dashboard, yeah. when you when you went to the home screen, the avatar, I think he stood on the left side of the screen as you like, yeah, as you fucking scrolled through like your games, right. your, your library and everything, like he'd be on the side. So they might be overhauling the whole home screen thing. So you see him there and it's a big integral part. Like what I view this as more than anything is, I guess, them going back to what the avatar system really was. I'm I'm trying to remember what it was. <laughs> like that's the thing. It, it really wasn't anything. It wasn't it, it anything. It was just yeah. there. It was like the Mies. It was I, like the Mies. I, I will say they had they had Avatar Motocross. They had Avatar Football. They had Avatar. They made they made a couple Avatar games. I didn't even know those existed. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah. <they're... laughs> so if Microsoft did something where like in your OS, and I call it the OS, but in your dashboard, like there's a mini game in the background. Or something that you can play. But even that, again, it's just adding a layer of like little fucking idiosyncrasies with everything I'm trying to do. It already is convoluted. So it's like, how do you bring that forward and say, boom, avatars matter when you're also telling everybody we're making the OS snappier. We're making your shit be found faster. It's it's like, okay, then the then to me, the avatar doesn't have a place at all. And it's almost like you're revamping the avatar system means it should go away. I would rather, like you said, you beat a character, you beat a game, let's say, you beat a dungeon. I would rather get a background image that was professionally done as a as a um, reward than a fucking hat. It reminds me of that. I felt so scammed. Like, I remember I, I got the Bloodborne Platinum. I was so excited because I had heard, like, oh, you get a, a dynamic PS4 theme if you do. And I'm oh. like, oh, fuck yeah. I was already going to Platinum it. Now I'm definitely going to do it because that will be really rewarding. I do it, and I find out it's UK only. You can only get it if you oh, and live in no. the UK. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, fuck you. So I think it would be great if, you know, because I've always said that. When you get that platinum trophy, like, nine times out of ten, that's taking double the game length and a lot of additional yes. effort to, to get that. Like, there should be a reward beyond, like, a little trophy. There should. And I think that Microsoft, that would be a great step forward if it's like, here's a, a cool rewarded item, whether it's a background, a gamer picture, what have, what have you, to say, like, I did this. You want a little? They, they talked about oh, how their 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 gamer profiles and the gamer score. They wanted to represent different types of gamers. So like, right. someone could be really good at Halo and have only two thousand gamer score, and it looks like they barely play games. So they might have a thousand hours in Halo. How do you represent that versus someone who's got a hundred thousand gamer score and plays a lot of different games? And like, maybe he's just you know he's he's really into RPGs. Like, how do you show that? So it's like I think a lot of it's coming down to identity, and that's what they want to narrow down with sure. the avatar system and profiles uh, i was just gonna say a, a little bit of trivia a ri- and, and it's funny because it matches what you sort of said but the original idea for the avatars was that it would take your gamer score and it would show your avatar battling other avatars and if mm-hmm. and if you were higher than them you were like imagine like the end of the movie one with jet lee or whatever where you're on a tower people are trying to come up and you're like knocking them down and it mm-hmm. was just an animation it was just a representation visually of you know where you were score wise versus other people, and I was like, oh that you know if you did like races where it's like you know Maddie and I and you know Maddie beats a game and I don't and so it shows like in the background a race, but again, that is so fucking it's so obtuse. So it's like yeah, you either have the avatar which is non noticeable for us, or you have fucking you know videos and fucking people fighting which obviously they didn't like for the 360 version of avatars so they're i hope they wouldn't do that with the xbox (laughs) and 
and honestly, I don't think a lot of gamers probably, yeah, are into that. I think gamers would rather, like you said, a premium, a payment for platinum is sort of how it needs to happen. You call them platinums, but I, like in-game achievements, whatever. Because we now on the Xbox, you get this cool diamond. If it's it tells you, oh, yes. that is one yes. cool thing. I will say this is. I don't know if the PS4 does this, so please tell me if it does. But the it does not. Xbox just, will. Uh, you get. But. I was just going to say, you just get all the trophies in the game and they give you the platinum afterwards. Does it tell you, though, how many people have it? No. Well, it says percentage. It'll say, like, ultra rare, rare. Okay. Okay. So so that's pretty much what the Xbox uh, One does with, like, the um, diamond. But it sounds funny. Before that was done, I didn't care. And then when the diamond would be, like, ultra rare 1% of people have this achievement, I was like... Oh yeah. <laughs> so yeah, absolutely. It's stupid, yeah, okay. but that I fuck, dude. I started paying attention. I know what you're talking about because I was just going through my trophies the other day. I, it was like late at night. I was getting ready to get off, but like I got sometimes I just check them and I get caught up in reminiscing on games. And I found the Amazing Spider-Man two, fucking awful game, <laughs> but I got the platinum for it for some reason. I don't know why. And I look at the percentage, and it's one percent of people. Oh. And I'm like, I don't know if I should take pride in this. Or I should be really disappointed I put myself through that. And I'm in the 1%, right? So it's like, that that's, that that was cool, though. Because yeah. I thought, okay, at least I'm in like a, a high echelon right. of player base, of a, of a player base, I should say. Yeah, I, I just, I, I would like to see, I don't know what the answer is, but I would like to see if, if Microsoft, Sony, whatever, can build on that. Because it did change for me. I mean, I will admit, I've always been anti-gamer score. I've always been mm-hmm. anti. I don't think that they've there's ever been a payoff. And in fact, platinums bother me a lot of times or in-game achievements bother me because many times I feel that when you look at the trophies, they're just grindables. And there's yes. really nothing the there that, that makes me go, this is tangible, tangibly making this game better. But if Microsoft, which I would love, if Microsoft said, we're also changing our achievements so that they will be achievements. To me, an achievement is not playing a game for 200 hours because I could just turn it on and let it sit. Yes. And I will probably get that achievement. That's how I got the final trophy for <laughs> uh, for uh, for Nier Automata. I, you had to run around it with 9S without his pants on. And so I literally like removed his pants and left my controller for an hour yeah. and came back and I had the plaque. There you go. There you go. So I, it would be very cool if they continue with that percentage thing, but they were also like, you know, I don't know how you would do it, but where it really matters in the game. And um, we've seen it burn people because you look at Destiny when they cut some content before they had to put it back. Um, you couldn't plat- <laughs> you couldn't platinum a game because you couldn't do some of those. So you have to make sure that whatever you do. But I would love it if there was a reason. Because when I see that achievement pop, it's fucking congratulate. No lie. I just got one. It said for watching cutscene for stage one. And I was like. That's not an achievement. That is me breathing. That's there's yeah. nothing about that that's an achievement. So it, I, it, I would love for this re there are doing to be that. Some carefully crafted trophy lists. Like I thought Persona Fives was pretty good. Like yes, it gave you your story ones. I think that's a given. But it was also decked out with a lot of like you got to really break down it, the yep. game and, and figure it out to to get all these like getting all the social links in one playthrough. Getting all the playing all the video games in game, reading all the books, like that type of stuff. So I like that too. Um, it's like you know, you 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 do it. It's like doing the thing, but it's like you have to actually think about it, go for it, and and achieve it, right? So I completely agree. There are there have been games. Um, what's a really easy one? Oh my Matt? god, another one, Maddie, that you and I both like. 
uh, I thought Injustice 2s were okay. There was a couple in Injustice yes. 2 where I did something in a special dimension or whatever, and it was like, you faced off against blah, blah, blah in a special dimension yeah. and only did this. And I was like, that's cool. The tear with achievements and, and trophies, as someone who loves going for them personally, is that you'll have the Injustice ones, which are good, but like very circumstantial, where oh, you can true. miss them so yeah, fucking right. easily. <laughs> And, or, or it's like you got one chance in, in, a, in a thousand. Stub your to toe on Christmas you Eve, and you're all what? Exactly. The fuck? <laughs> yeah. Exactly. It's like, well, I'm not getting that. It's like because that's what's demoralizing about certain platinums is you'll go through the list, and you're like, I can definitely do this, 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 and you'll see that one. Right. Like Yakuza, it's like get a hundred percent completion. It's like what? Like you have to talk to like ten thousand people. It's like I'm not fucking doing that. Like that's awful. But they have that as a trophy. Yeah. It's like is that an achievement? or a grind and i think that could bring us beautifully into our next and final segment which is when does the game become the grind <laughs> or monster hunter the title yeah the subject yeah i mean it's like i love this topic I, and that, that's why i w wanted to talk to you about it I, because i was trying to figure out like for everybody it's going to be a little different obviously but i think with monster hunter and i'm just going to use them as an example because right now is it is that people know it's a grind and yet yeah. right they're jumping they want that and they're jumping in but to me there's this point when like the platinum or that you were just talking about there's a point when you look at something or when you realize have you ever had that fucking battery acid taste in your mouth when you realize the horror of what you will have to do to get something and you're like yes oh no I just yeah. figured the math out. Mm -hmm. And so to me, it's like, when does it, when does the, when does the grind become the game? When's it allowable? When's it not? Do we have good examples of it? Not. It's hard to think of a, an example. Well, persona five, where... do you find persona five socially grindy? Because I found the steps and that fucking cat, fuck that cat by the way. <laughs> yeah. I found that at times grindy. Okay. Did you not? I, I personally didn't, okay. but I, I admittedly, I have a bias for Persona. Yeah, right. I love, I love this series a lot. So uh, a better example would for, for me would be like, I'll use the Spider-Man platinum as an example. I played an additional like seven hours of Spider-Man so that you could unlock all the skins in the game right. or all the suits, I should say. Uh, that was like a grind and it be, it became the game because I, I, but I repeated the same mission like almost constantly. Mm -hmm. It wasn't seven. I apologize. It, it was like four. Cause I listened to two podcasts in the meantime, but you know, that like monster hunter world was a game. I was, I was going to try to get, I was going to try to get into it, but I was like, this is just not going to be a game. I like it's, it's as simple as that. And that, that's one thing I'm trying to come to grips with with this year and, and for the future with gaming is like there are just certain genres that don't mesh with me. Yeah. I am not a big Monster Hunter guy. The only Monster Hunter series I have found long-term enjoyment in was actually Tokiden because it was like fast-paced. Mm -hmm. But even that, after 20 hours, I was like, okay, this is the same shit, different skin. And that's what all these Monster Hunter games become. Another Monster Hunter game I actually liked a lot is On the Vita, Freedom Wars. Wonderful game. Really different concept, too. Um but one like Destiny's one, people love the grind for Destiny. True, yeah. And it's like, and that is the game, and that is, yeah, and when you buy it, you probably it know that. Yeah, I it's, and what makes that okay? 
I think for a lot of people, they, I wouldn't say mistake, because like you said, they know they're getting into it, but they view the grind as longevity, as as right. uh, as bang for their buck, where for me, bang for my buck is like Persona 5. It's a, it's a 130 plus hour story, and it's something different every step of the way. You know, you're doing something literally different every day in the game. Mm-hmm. So it's like, that's true quality to me, but for someone else... Yeah, I could put 130 hours into Destiny 2 and, and keep running these same quests and, and feel progression that way. So uh, different blokes, different strokes, I guess. But, you know, I I think it's just a, a difference in taste. For me, though, I know when I used to like games uh, that that offered longevity, it wasn't because they were quality. It was because they were long. Right. So that, that that's in, in especially in high school where I'd get like one game every couple of months. It's like I want a game that's going to last me, not a game that's going to be good. That's how I chop, and I'd still enjoy those games because I'd be like, "Wow, I'm playing so much of it. Mm-hmm. I love it." It's like maybe some people think that way. I mean, to me, to me, usually grind becomes the moment new gameplay or new processes or new graphics, what have you, are not shown, and and you're repeating. Like to me, and it doesn't mean the game originally isn't worth your sixty bucks because it can be mm-hmm. easily. It can be like yeah. ten buck or ten hours of amazing, and then another forty hours of grind if you want it to be. So it doesn't make it not worth the money. But it, it just—it's weird to me because we get these t- times where everybody's, you know, like, oh, this game's grindy, this game isn't, but this game's grindy, but I'm okay with it. And I swear to God, eighty percent of it is the one thing that people don't want to mention and they don't want to admit because if they do. It's going to put them in a group that's going to make them uncomfortable. And that's the fact that it has to do with loot. And Mm -hmm. that consistent new color, new name, Borderlands. I know you guys like Borderlands. I wasn't as big of a fan of it. But the constant loot explosion guns. And you're comparing two fucking numbers. And it's like, fire, 45, (laughs) fire, 47, 47. This is awesome. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, I yeah, it's it's interesting because I almost think it's a it's a brain thing. Mm. I love Borderlands, but I'll admit I started up a Borderlands two playthrough recently to kind of refresh myself, and I actually had not finished it. It's like, will I like Borderlands three as much? Because maybe I don't. There comes a point like in in PUBG, I, I put forty hours into it, mm. and I'm I I don't think it's that spectacular where I want to keep playing it anymore because it's like the same thing over and over. So I think it's a thing with the brain where it's like. Do you just want to keep indulging in that same thing over and over? Right. For me, I, I want to experience new things. I want to try new things or, or spread the wealth. Like, I could keep playing Persona over and over because, like I said, every day from beginning to end of that game it, it is something different. And there's holidays, there's celebrations. And I apologize to the folks listening. You know, I keep going back to Persona. I just think that's a good example of a game that dramatically changes despite you playing so much of it. Well, that's um, a good example. So I think it makes a, a big difference. But with like a Monster Hunter game, it's like, I know I'm hunting a monster. I know that's the, the concept of the title. It, it's in the name. It's just like, I almost hope for something more that'll drag me along. Like, that's when a good narrative helps. It's like, okay, we have these gameplay uh, mechanics, and, and they will not expand beyond this, but at least there's a good story here that's tugging you along. Because, um, like, that's kind of what happened with Yakuza Kiwami. It's like, you, you, after you get used to the rush system and the, uh, I think it's Rush Brawler, Beast, and Dragon... It, you know, of course, you can level those up and get new moves, and that was exciting in its own right. But for the most part, what was pulling me along were those sub story yeah. side activities and main story. It was there was more outside the gameplay, where the gameplay was very arcadey, button mashy in in concept. Um, that's why 
uh, a Warriors game, like a Dynasty Warriors, Samurai Warriors, my limit is just, it's not even, I, I send a mental limit. I always see it. It's like 30 hours and I'm done. It's like, you, you can only beat them up for so long until there's nothing pulling you along. Right. So same thing with Persona. It doesn't, there are things that change to the social lengths, but for the most part, it's still that same turn-taking combat. What keeps me going in that grind, we'll say, out after 30 hours, hypothetically. And it's like, well, there's a really good story in there. And wait, there's the free time where I'm not in combat. It's those changes. And so I think it's the types of games you play. I think it's a brain thing, man, more than anything, though. I apologize for rambling. <laughs> no, that's, I mean, that, that explains it. it. It probably is for a lot of people. It's just, it's always so, um, and I can feel it at times, depending on the game. Hellgate London, a game that didn't do well at all, but it um, had some really good ideas. I liked its uh, its weapon system, and it did the same thing Borderlands does, which is like fire, 47, 49, and you get excited about a number that's two more than the number yeah. prior, and it's got a shiny coat of paint. Like, it's spackled blue instead of green, and you're like, yes, it's a totally different weapon. So yeah. it, it, it's just odd to me because we get those arguments and you get polarized people, and they're fucking like, grind every you know every yeah. second has to be new and then you'll be like okay so what are you doing this weekend they're like playing monster hunter you'll be all wait what you just fucking mm-hmm. of all the games like you would think yeah. you would have an issue with um but i'm always interested in like trying to identify what it like what's too much for somebody because too much for me is like i said when there's not new i need new and mm-hmm. and Text can do it like a persona, you know, it's like a new little bit of story or a new little bit of vocals. But I also, for some reason, am very geography based. So like yes. in a Skyrim, if I go between what's that first fucking town? I keep calling it River Stand, River. Uh, river. Oh, man. Why am I forgetting? Yeah. Why are uh, uh, two uh, fucking uh, people who played sh- fucking shitloads of that game? But uh, you, river something. You go between there and Whiterun, and after about the eight millionth time, when your mods are crashing, so you keep rebooting it to get your mods to work <laughs> right, and you're like, "I've yeah. seen enough of Whiterun. Like this is yeah. grindy for me now." So for some reason, I'm geography based and and visual. Like I do need a new place. I think a lot of times too. Yeah, I mean, because like repetition is different in different circumstances. Like repet, you're training for something. You repeat that same exercise every day. That's true. Yeah. That's good, and, and you know it's good because it's doing it. It's it's for your body. But when you're sitting down for entertainment, repetition is not good. I don't think. Yeah. Um. You know, we, I don't think it's our attention spans. We just like new, 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 and not new games. Like I'm always searching for the next adventure. But I think a good game is one that t- takes you on a journey. I I think. Sure. Uh, it's what can get you along in a game that you might not be fully enjoying, like uh, Origins for me, Assassin's Creed Origins. Mm-hmm. Um, after about the 15, 20 hour mark, I really wasn't that, as in love with it as I was in my first 10 hours. But what got me along was the world. It, it kept transforming right. geographically, uh, geography wise, and it was it was beautiful. And it, it was it became captivating and, and continued to pull me along when the story really wasn't the gameplay uh, loop was really easy to nail down and, and repetitive at that. So it was just nice to have new places to explore constantly. And you could see that love and effort go into that world. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, and I guess MMOs are another another good example. You know, they're just oh, repetitive yeah. to the and, and, and I, people are great with them. So I, I, I wouldn't even say it's a thing you grow out of because there are people my age your age yeah who are playing that, them that still. like mmos and play them um i think for us it's different too we 
I think no matter what, I choose to, to move on and play different games, but we don't get to pick one game and, and literally yeah. be with that game for months. If that were the case, I would be buying Dragon Ball Fighters next <laughs> Friday, and that is literally all I'd play for months <laughs> right. if, if it were my way. But, you know, I, I'm not complaining, but I'm in a position where I have to keep up to date. Mm-hmm. I have to keep my opinions up to date. I have to make sure I can – not make sure, but – I want to make continuously critique and, and see what's on the up and coming, what could be better, uh, you know, what what could be implemented in a different game, perhaps in a in a better fashion. And in order to do that, we need to, to move on from certain games. So that's why when I, I really like a game, when I'm really passionate about it, that's why I'm so keen on going back to games because that's it's special to me. Yeah. It's like okay, I don't get to do this often. I love going back to Kotor because that's special for me. It's like I love this game, and it's my way of showing it i go back and replay it it's not like it's gone forever once i beat it i move on which a lot of reviewers do right uh, i don't know about you but it, actually yeah i do know you you go back and play a lot yeah if um, i can i definitely go back d- depending on the game but yeah exactly but sometimes it's hard to for us yeah. you know to stick with that one game it's like the the division i would have loved to stick with that for a little bit yeah. longer to see some of those changes but I couldn't. Siege. And I only got to see, like, after the first patch. Siege, I actually did get to see some of the changes. Oh, did you? I, I, that, that's the beauty of, like, those types of games, right? Because I played it when it came out. I played it for two, three months, most nights. And then we dropped it. Then the the big patch came out mm-hmm. for the first season. And it was like, awesome, new new map, new fighters. Let's get into this again. And we did. And, and, and then we dropped out of it. And it's the same thing with Overwatch. Like, I haven't played that in a while. But then I hopped back into it. It's like, awesome. It's good to be back. Because like multiplayer games like that, and, and maybe I think because Monster Hunter's multiplayer, that might be also why it's easy. There's not a story that you know you have to finish. You just maybe so come in and play, right? Yeah, I didn't even. So think that about might that. be why the grind is good for Destiny or for Destiny as well, because it's like you're just playing. There's no story. Yeah, because they don't want that. Yeah, it's tr- it's true. It's uh, and it, it's always weird to me. It, you, like I think almost everybody's different. <laughs> like when you ask them and, and you start breaking it down, it's like everybody will have vastly different um, va- like complaints or, or or things that they like about it. But it's just so weird to me because, like I said, I will see people that if if they told me that there was a game they liked, I would pretty much be able to guess a game they didn't like because of the things that they liked. And this has happened a lot with Monster Hunter in particular, where it's been the opposite, yeah. where I'll be all... Well, then you won't like Monster Hunter. They're like, oh, it's one of my favorite series. <laughs> you just yeah, said exactly, you fucking don't like that. Exactly, because there's certain games that just, yeah. that just gateway. Yeah. Uh, like my friend, you know, guy who just refuses to like anime mainly because of the stigma, I'd say. Oh. I'm like, you should try Ruby. I'm like, try Ruby. Mm-hmm. It, it is, uh, I know for, for those listening out there, it's more of a Western anime, or at least that was the goal of it. But I, I think it's spectacular, I, I, especially because of like how it originated in the story of its development. It, it's really inspiring. But... I still think it's a really good show with good characters. And I tell my friend, I'm like, hey, man, like, bite-sized episode, 15 minutes, you can catch up real fast. Mm-hmm. And he's just like, all right, I'll try it. Caught up to where I was in, like, two and a half days. Oh, gotcha. And I was watching it for weeks. Like, you know, you just sometimes don't know. Like, yeah. everyone just has a different gateway into things. They have different tastes, different preferences. Some people like the grind. Some people don't. Some people like change. Some people don't. Some people like certain anime. Some people don't. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's just different people, I guess, and, and different preferences. Yeah, it's, um, it's going to be very interesting to see the reviews. Yes, I'm I'm very curious. It's going to be polarized. That's the other thing. That same, that same person who, who did not like anime and, and is not 
uh, is now in the love with Ruby. Mm-hmm. Out of all the games he is going to buy on the 26th, he's decided on Monster Hunter, and he has never played a, a Monster Hunter-style game. Mm. Like, he, he did not want to play Tokenim with my friend and I. He did not want to play God Eater, which is another, like, Monster Hunter series. Freedom Wars, never. So it's like, he's just like, yeah, I, I'm really curious about Monster Hunter Worlds. I really want to try it out. It's like, okay, like, I hope you like it then. You know, maybe he, he'll get into it. Cause yeah. He always wants to play PUBG, and he likes that constant, like, let's just go back, let's go back, let's go back, and keep playing. So it could be right up his alley. I just have just, a feeling it won't be, but we'll see. <laughs> like, yeah, I don't know, I, man. I completely do too. I like. That's a deep I, I told my friend, I was to like, jump. I'm surprised he wants to get it. I hope he likes it, but uh, I warned him too. I, I said, as your friend, I'm going to say, good chance you don't like this here. He's like, no, no, I'm curious about it. I really want to try. It. It's like, okay, you're 60 bucks, not mine. <laughs> yeah, and and God willing, he's fucking turns that thing on, and he's like, uh, I love it. <laughs> I mean, it's mm-hmm. I'm playing. I hope I'm so. playing it right now, and it's like I'm cultivating ideas i've only played like two hours right now and i'm I'm sort of like hmm, are okay. you playing the beta or the, no the i i, I, I got the full game time. and i okay and so i'm like i the the thing that and that's what, sort of why i brought it up the the thing that's so interesting to me is just that um and maybe it's more of a pr not a pr i'm sorry mm-hmm. a social thing that because you know me that is what always interests me but it's like i want to line people up and go why is this one okay if this one isn't like and and when any time I mention it, some people will be like, it's fu- "I fucking hate this game," and I like this game, and I and I've always been interested in why some many times there isn't logic to it. There it, there yeah. isn't like you and you realize, oh okay, there's really no logic in what this person's saying. That's okay because I'm sure I have the same the same issues, and I just know that the reviews. I just, dude, I know you're gonna have people. I mean, it's going to be the typical death threat. Oh, fuck. There's going to be, yeah, you you know that a big company is going to say it's this and fucking people are just going to explode and they won't understand what the other person's saying. And it's, it's, we get it about once a month in the fall seasons, but it's rare in January or February where I think we get a game that's going to be this polarized where people are like, for sure, not at all. But I could be wrong. It's just all the. Yeah, I mean, for for people's sake, because I know it's a long staying series. They hopefully because what's going to happen is that, that always the big sites, one of them, always, always, always puts a new person, a person new to the series <laughs> to right. review a long standing franchise that has an identity and people know what they're going to get. Yeah. And when they go there and this person's bitching up a storm about every series trope, it's like that's that's not good information, in my opinion. Yeah. You know, I, I'm not saying that it shouldn't be newcomer accessible, but for big websites like an IGN, uh, GameSpot, uh, Kotaku, I guess, you know, I think that the series experts should review those and then let the YouTubers who are like, here's my review from a beginner. Yeah. You know, here's my review from someone who's only played one Monster Hunter game. I've only played three Ultimate, I think, it, or I played Freedom as well, but that was for like an hour. Um, you know, so it's it's just labeling information too. Yeah. I think that's important. Yeah. But that's... Is uh that's all she wrote for episode 140 is a great one, Carrie. Yes, thank you very much. Oh, and I want to say before we go, if you have not, if you have a Rift or you have an Oculus, you got to check out Fallout 4. It's getting better mm. all the time, dude. I played it this weekend. and I was like, I wish Maddie <laughs> was here. About it. Oh, dude, it's like <laughs> I I honestly wish you were here because I think you would legitimately now that I got it up and running for you know the way I want. I just think you would be like, I get it now. 
It's yeah. not like HDR, I think, where I could show you that and you might be like, it does look better. Or 4K, where you're like, hmm. With Fallout 4 in particular, Fallout 3 would be the same. Mm -hmm. Those big worlds. VR is like, oh my god. <laughs> Dude. I, I'm, I cannot believe what I sound like because just a month and a half ago, I would not have. Yeah, no, absolutely. A month and a half ago, we were like, it's, yeah. it's looking all right. Yeah. It's pretty, like motion sickness and right we were talking all bad about vr so it's good to hear yeah it's really good yeah to hear. it's definitely cool and the hashtag for this week shall be uh it's gotta be something about cardboard, <laughs> cardboard. The trends. oh let's see <laughs> mm, cardboard grind no that's, that's cardboard that's tacky. Card heroes cardboard grind what'd you say cardboard grind i say cardboard grind but i was like that's kind of tacky because somebody always get pissed. I'll be like, "You're teasing them so much." Be like, yes, it's funny. Fuck, it's out of love. It's uh, <laughs> it's it's all love. That should be your dash day. It's all love. Yeah. We we actually yeah. have dissed on a couple things here. <laughs> yeah, that was, that's actually a good idea. It's all it's love. all love. Yeah, if you got to this point in the podcast, hit us with the hashtag. It's all, it's all love. love, and uh, the handles are at Jeremy Penter and at G Two Seven Status. Feel free to tag him on so he feels included. And we will catch you guys in next week's episode. Peace out. Peace out.